Hello, and welcome to They Did What Now, a show that celebrates history's ballsiest moves, hold my beer moments, spectacular loophole abuses, extreme examples of extra, and almost anything done just for the hell of it. Uh, yes, I am still reading off a checklist. One day this will be snappier. Today is not that day, so I threw in some fun extra examples because I care about you guys. Um, in case anyone doesn't know, people do pay me to write things, so never give up on your dreams. Never. Um, so in case you're not aware, uh, how this works is every episode I talk to a different writer, comedian, performer, someone I just find interesting, ask them to share a story that fits the above criteria, and then throw in one of my own, just for the hell of it. Uh, so today with me, I have uh, Ali O'Rourke. Hey! Ali is a fantastic comedian who is gigging absolutely all over the place and tearing it up. Um, also, uh, another titan of the trans comedy scene. We are coming to take over. Yeah, we own this shit now. This um, is, sorry, guys, this is our day now. Yeah, no, uh, trans people are now to stand-up comedy, what lesbians are to spoken word poetry. But a bunch. Yeah, um, I think enough of the audience is queer for that not to be a ludicrously <laughs> self-indulgent <laughs> statement. I, I mean, we could always just take up improv. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> cut that out. Anyways, no, we're, we're, we're not setting up an improv troupe. Oh, but a trans improv troupe would, it would be fun be, and it so be, self-indulgent. It would be really, really, really cool, but I think I need possibly a few more classes first. And everyone else in the troupe would have to take up improv. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so so Ali is kind of incredible. Um, not only is she a fantastic comedian, uh, mother of three, gigging all over the place while working, uh, she was also on the Irish kayaking team. And I'm mentioning this for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, she is also one of these really, really irritating people, uh, exceptional people who will not admit that they are exceptional. And I take great joy in embarrassing her. And sec second of all, your story has a, uh, a nautical or boating theme. Is that right? Yes, in fact, it is about kayaking. It is about kayaking. Cool. So Not so, surprising to anyone that knows me. <laughs> so the way this works is uh, I'm going into Ali's story cold. She's going into mine. Um, but she's going to give me a 30-second uh, non-spoilery elevator pitch, which is... Legendary kayaker does protest thingy. Legendary kayaker does protest thingy. Cool. Mine's um, aerial warfare in... Eastern Europe has a longer history than you think, or don't piss off ladies called Olga. Um, so, legendary kayaker does protesty thingy. Ali, would you like to elaborate? So today, MJ, I'm going to talk about Corn Addison. Corn Addison, okay. And I can tell by your face that you already know who this legendary niche whitewater kayaker is. I've, I've got a poster of him in my bedroom. I actually did as a child. <laughs> Again, weirdo. Okay, anyway. Okay, no, no idea who this is. Please fill me. All right, so Corin Addison, he was born in 69. Okay, not in the summer, already. but in February. Uh, <laughs> uh, in South Africa. Uh, he started kayaking with his dad in the 70s and 80s uh, in apartheid Africa, South Africa, and was DIY as fuck. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Him and his dad used to make their own boats in their basement. Cool. Out of fiberglass, which is a skill, as you would know, I'll find out later, really stood to him. Right. Um, he also, they used to fuck, this is insane. They used to make their own life jackets, or as we call them, buoyancy aids. Just a slight distinction. We won't get too nerdy. Right. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by the distinction, but we'll let, well, it, we'll let it go. We'll let it go. Uh, okay, it's not that. A life jacket will turn you on your back. Uh, buoyancy aid is just designed to keep designed to keep you afloat, but you can swim in any direction. Oh, okay. Hence why we use them for kayaking wearing life jackets. Right, cool. Okay. A little bit nerdy, not that interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, he made his own life jackets by getting empty plastic water bottles and sewing them into his own, his own like waistcoaty thing. That's really cool. That is the most amazingly ghetto white thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and and you just you just pray that would work. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's an accident entry. Just imagine him just testing it out by just throwing himself into, well, into my, rivers. 
my logic with it would be that you just couldn't fuck up. <laughs> Maybe that's why okay, he got so fair, fucking good. Fair st- stakes are high. Yeah, him. This is how DIYs was though. Like they learned, they didn't know. They were just teaching themselves how to kayak because they were like isolated from the world. So they saw him and this his friend who later went on to be a silver medalist in the World Kayak Championship himself. Okay, learned how to roll, which Eskimo roll. Sorry, Inuit people. Uh, kayaking is racist as fuck. We'll get into that later. Sure. Uh, learned how to Eskimo roll by recording and watching over and over again a video from a random American TV show that was shown in South Africa. Wow. So, so the so two of them, yeah, the two of them would just like sit there on a couch and watch some random American guy from the sixties or seventies write himself in his kayak. Okay, and this is kind of 80s South Africa. 80s, 70s South Africa. Okay, cool. So so I imagine them just kind of grabbing a hold of the of this tape and... Being like, this is gold, this changes everything! <laughs> I don't need to nearly drown in my, in my shitty homemade life jacket. <laughs> I can just roll up now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but uh, actually... Slightly less chance of, of drowning. So what what exactly is an Eskimo roll? Is an Eskimo like... roll is when you capsize or turn upside down in a kayak, you use your paddle to right yourself. Okay. So the right way around. Fair. So it means instead of having a big, massive swim coming out of your boat and just like being at the mercy of the white water and trying to get yourself on the bank and losing half your fucking gear, which mm. when you have to make it is probably a huge yeah, incentive. Yeah, it's, quite, it's quite the loss. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't really feel that sorry from having to make his own gear because a lot of it was because of the <laughs> sanctions against apartheid South Africa. <laughs> so it was like, uh, yeah, but, fair, fair. yeah, he did get his hands in the early 80s and 82 or 83, which I guess he would have been in his late teens then, early, mm. yeah, I do do the maths. You do the maths. Anyways, <laughs> you would have been four, 13, 14 at the time. He, they, him and his friend managed to get their hands on... If I could do maths, I would not be in comedy. Anyway, yeah. continue. Sorry. <laughs> he, they managed to get their hands on two plastic kayaks. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that somehow managed to get in. We'll call them scab kayaks. <laughs> They got they, him into the band. Yeah, okay. we got these. Yeah, uh, from uh, called Perception Dancers, which were boats that changed the rules. They were so short; they were about twelve feet long. <gasps> Game changer! Like when I was growing up in the kayak club, I grew up in. There was literally like one of the old guys, the old guard, one of the founders of the club, used to tell yeah. me a story about the time they're going to Wales and they were loading up all their fiberglass kayaks, and the only girl in the club showed up with this plastic boat and all the men fell around laughing going that boat is far too short I love how you say kayak cl- club you grew up in as if you were raised by paddles I uh, was by, by that <laughs> it was all paddling all the time <laughs> Anywho, we, we, we will not go further into that. Anyway, <laughs> my childhood, really nice club, learned a lot, ra- helped, did help raise me alongside my parents. Anyway, it's okay. not saying anything. Uh, kept me alive as a teenager, as a closeted trans girl. Cool. Yeah. I, this obsession with throwing myself off scary adrenaline things. Anyways, yeah. but uh, I'm so glad that you've recovered from that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a slight will to live now. Uh, anyways. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so like by the end of that trip, they all end up buying these kayaks. So you can understand these kayaks are quite iconic in the world, which is something that will come back around because Corin himself later designed many iconic kayaks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Corin, though, like he became a quite accomplished kayaker. He ended up representing South Africa in the 92 uh, Olympic Games. So he's an Olympian. Wow. Um, But before that, he set the world waterfall record in 87. At 101 feet. Wow. He free fell off a waterfall in a bit of plastic for 101 feet. Now, Holy put it in a scale, that record, it stood for a decade. And then that the record that beat it by a couple of feet stood for another decade until now currently two people, I think, or three people, and I think one successfully have ran Plus Fall, which stands at 189 feet. Fuck. Yeah, that's a that's, lot of free fall with nothing but plastic to break your fall. That is a fast running water <laughs> yeah. on, a, on a fucking vertical surface. Yeah. Holy crap. Flash forward to eight, 1989, the year I was born in, by the way. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I old. Uh, <laughs> but not as old as Corin. Uh, totally over the hill. We're going to totally. get Zimmer frame for your next birthday. <laughs> Corin ran a waterfall <laughs> that was a measly 85 feet. So only 85 Only feet. 85. So to compensate for it, he ran it in a Batman costume. <laughs> I like this guy. Okay. I like the Batman costume. Landing in the river. He didn't realize the river was low. <laughs> Landed and broke his back. Ow. Mate, bear in mind, three years later, he competed in the Olympics. Holy fuck. I, I, have, I have such such sympathy for anyone who deals with back pain. Yeah. Very, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I have a few kayaking friends who have broken their backs off large waterfalls. Uh, mostly uh, it's compression from landing hull first rather than bow first. So not landing on the nose. Right. That's when you run something that big. If you don't land nose first and do what we call a pencil, you okay. just break. The nose being the pointy bit at the front of the, the kayak. As you can imagine, it's just assume right. zero kayaking knowledge on yeah. part of our audience. I, I mean... I just, Put it generously. Yeah. <laughs> you have to break the water surface Both tension somehow by using the boat. <laughs> But anyways, <laughs> recovered, represent South Africa in the Olympics, and then went on to represent, he discovered, well not discovered, he was one of the pioneers of freestyle kayaking, which is kind of like skateboarding in kayaks. Okay. It's wow. like, they use whitewater features, this is what I competed in mostly, use whitewater features to, nowadays, to launch the boat into the air and do somersaults and shit. Mm-hmm. But back at the time, it was all about cartwheels, so turning the boat on its side, and then burying the nose and then the tail and making it spin around vertically. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I don't know. Anyways, he went yeah, on that, that's, from that's most seems of... It, people do this voluntarily. I fucking love freestyle. Uh, <laughs> at the time, it was called Rodeo for some reason. Nobody knows, but it was called Rodeo. I can, I can, see, I can see the reason. Yeah, the, the, there, there was a conscious sort of. decision where we all went, no, it's freestyle now. Yeah, uh, no, that's a stupid name. Yeah. Uh, a decision on the, on the part of the insane suicidal people who do this shit. Well, he spent most of the 90s doing it. And at the time in the 90s... Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot. In, in the 90s, like, at the time, it was sort of, like, punk rock. This was incredibly DIY as fuck. Okay. Like, there's stories of four world championships in New Zealand in 99, where the kayakers were heating their boats up over campfires and squashing them down to make them slicier so they could cartwheel better. Slicier like, again? Yeah. Uh, like, the boats would be have less volume in the stern so that they okay. would slice through the water easier. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so exa- exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, but yeah. Again, kayakers are quite literal. Uh, let's assume zero boat knowledge on the part of both of our listeners. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it just stopped me. I, I, I already am, but just stop me because you're like the guinea pig. So you just tell me when it doesn't make sense. Okay? I am, I'm trying. I'm yeah, trying okay. to. So you're just here to check my ass. Uh, <laughs> A little bit. I, I I prefer to think of myself more as a facilitator, guiding our listeners through all the jargon. There's gonna but, be a lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got. I got to stay on my toes. Then. Where's <laughs> but, my caffeine? So I spent the nineties competing, uh, going on to win two world silver medals and one bronze, and was one of the most dominant kayakers of the time. Uh, up okay. Again. Yeah. <laughs> and. Because it was the 90s and because the likes of skateboarding and BMX were becoming all these extreme sports, extreme base sports jumping big. was big. So all of a sudden there was this random money going into this big sports where they're getting random sponsorships. Okay. So it was getting big. He went on as, you know, at this stage he'd been approached by his then sponsors, his boat sponsors. People used to give him free boats to design their boats as cool. a way of earning money. I guess he he kind of proved his chops. Yeah, he already back he, in the the water bottle life jacket days. Yeah, buoyancy aid. I apologize. Jeez, get it right. Uh, <laughs> but he went on. You all don't even know your minutes, buoyancy aids on your life jacket. All these m- minutes of study, and I can't get it right. I'm God so sorry. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he went okay? on. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. But he. Sorry. Uh, he, so he started designing kayaks and then he went on to found a company 
with a famous model at the time called Savage Designs Kayaks. Okay. This is the rock and roll 90s of niche kayaking, freestyle kayaking, whitewater kayaking. Great. Yeah. Uh, doing stunts like saying to a 19-year-old kid if he did a cartwheel off a waterfall, like a 30-foot waterfall, he'd give him a free boat. <laughs> that kid know. then broke his back, but he gave him the free boat. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, I don't know if that was very generous or very sadistic from column a bit from column b a little bit of boat i believe yeah (laughs) yeah uh so he started producing these boats and he went on he became one of the most influential designers designing all these boats and start he had a he's a habit of starting a company getting really successful and selling it on and moving on to another one so he moved on to riot kayaks then okay which so so, sort of like a, a very early tech mogul but yeah, with, with plastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did not think that one through. I mean, like, some of the kayak companies, like, there's a kayak company that, to this day, still uses a bus engine strapped to a metal frame where they put, which has the mold of the kayak in it, where they put the plastic powder into it, then heat up the blowtorch and turn on the motor. <laughs> so, like, you could, like, a lot of them are a lot, rotational molding is a l- lot more high-tech now for most of the main kayak companies, but there's okay. still some... Some old school ways out there of making, yeah. but I'm um, so I'm guessing '90s kayak production wasn't that high quality. But uh, I, I, I would kind of hope for more from something I'm going to essentially jump over a waterfall in. But tub of plastic. Uh, anyway, be fine. <laughs> yeah, he was doing all sorts of stuff though. Like he used to produce all these videos, in, uh, including kayak videos, including an instruction one called "Searching for the G Spot," <laughs> which, as a straight dude, I presume he never found. No, uh, of course not. Doomed <laughs> quest. Yeah. If he ever left at all. But running up to the '97 World Championships on the Ottawa Valley in Canada, which mm. is like kind of like what to kayaking what Hawaii is to surfing. Okay, cool. So, of course, though, it's in a bunch of, like, farmland. And there's the only people nearby are all farmers, and it's all hay bales and so white water kayaking. Pre- pretty remote. Pretty remote, Canada. I think it's a couple hours north of Ottawa City. Um, he was competing there. He had, pre- he had this new boat called the Glide. Okay. Yeah, uh, the Riot Glide. Uh, which, to be honest, you could probably trace back most modern freestyle boats, including the two that are in this room. <laughs> to, you can see there, like, it, that's the grandpappy of the modern freestyle kayak. Okay. At the time, boat production, like, uh, you, every it was, pre- like, as I was saying, they were designing boats by squatting old ones down by campfires. A- every six months, your boat was out of design. The sport was progressing and evolving so quickly at the time. So leading up to his world championships, he had made 13 prototypes and competed in 13 prototypes of this boat. Wow. Okay. So and he'd come up. Corn tested. Corn tested. World kayak. Not approved, as we'll get to. Not approved, as it turns out. Okay. This boat could do a thing called a flat spin. Ooh. As in, it could spin flat on the axis rather than cartwheel. Which now is one of the most basic tricks, but at the time when the boats were really long, like okay. this boat was only, was I think seven feet long, right. which was at the time incredibly short. Right now it would be your average hard white water runner rather than a freestyle boat. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> so as the sport of kayaking progresses, the boats get shorter, shorter and slicier, and then they start getting fatter, <laughs> okay. which is to get more volume. To they start to show their age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this boat had a thing called a planing hull, which was revolutionary at the time. It okay. means the hull wasn't round; it was flat. Right. It took us until '97 to come up with the idea <laughs> of having with a, a flat, flat hull. hull. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> But he was doing all these tricks and they were scoring points. And the night before the competition, the ICF, the International Canoe Federation, said, no, <gasps> we're changing the rules. No. So Corin was like, what? The actual no flat hole? Yeah, no flat hole. I mean, in fairness, like I met an older Irish kayaker. who 97 was also the first time Ireland competed at the World Championships. Okay. Random aside. And I met an Irish kayaker who told me about his story that Cor- he was in an apartment rented next to Corin, right. and every night he was partying hard with, like, models and drinking drugs. 
drink. I was going crazy. Kayaking is pretty rock and roll. It was. Not so much anymore. Now it's all super serious, yo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, he went over and knocked on the door and asked him to be quiet because he was competing the next day. And Corn was like, nah, whatever, man, I'm competing tomorrow. I don't give a fuck. Because Corn right. knew he'd make the finals. At the time, he'd think he'd won 12 out of 14 international competitions that so, year. So he was pretty pretty confident. He was shit hot. So he didn't give yeah. a fuck. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and was just apparently a really, really bad neighbor. Yeah. I uh, cut to the night before the finals uh, when the rule change happened. And uh, the Irish guy had been knocked off. And the night before the finals in kayaking world known as the losers party. Because mm-hmm. there's only like five people left in the competition. So the other, what, 50 to 100 people are getting shit-faced and partying. Fair. And a lot of them had been training and staying off drinks. So they get super shit-faced and party. Okay. Yeah. And he's having a party in his apartment. And there's a knock on the Irish guy's door. He opens it. Who's there? Corin Addison. Hey, man, can you keep the volume down? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Turn it up to 11. <laughs> exactly what happened. But anyways, Corin shows up on the water the next day, ready for his run, pops out into the eddy, holding up a post, instead of taking his run, goes out onto the water holding a poster saying how the ICF are cheating him and refuses to compete. Fair. Okay. So making, a, making a bit of a splash there. Yeah. Iconic movement. Hey, I hey. like your waters. Hey. That's totally intentional. Yeah. Yep. So after that, the ICF went back on the rules and were like, yeah, guys, we're all being a little shitty here because we had a boat that was so good that we deemed that he was cheating. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And after that, every kayak became a playing old kayak and the world of kayaking changed forever. Cool. And okay. that is the kids is the story of how Corin Addison changed the kayaking world. That is That is definitely something I did not know before. So, yeah, okay, pretty cool. Flat holes on kayaks, pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah, now I know. Okay. Um, so, Ali, have you ever heard of someone called Olga of Kiev? I think I might have. Um, th- this is... Okay, say it again. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pl- playing along. Genuinely, have you have you heard? Is she part of that Russian squad of fighter pilots? No. Okay, then no, I have not. But she does have a connection to aerial warfare, which nice. we will see soon. Um, I do need to give a quick content warning here for animal cruelty. I'm afraid um, there's a- there's actually this story requires several content warnings. I'm uh, gonna have to put those on the show notes. But uh, the animal cruelty is the one I personally care about. So. That's what I'm mentioning now. As a vegan, I am deeply insulted. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is why I picked this story. Just 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 specifically for your first vegan guest. Yes. Thanks. (laughs) No, uh, I I, I actually, in the knowledge that you were were vegan, um, did... Try and try and look for something else, but I did not have time uh, to research, okay. so you're stuck with Olga Kiev. I am okay with historical animal rights abuse. Wait, uh, <laughs> are you? I'm okay. You've I'm... heard it. You've heard it on it. <laughs> that is all that's coming out of this episode. I am okay with historical animal rights abuse. But what was that supposed to be? A Kennedy? I don't even know. It was just somebody a politician speech. She did. I don't know. Like it, it kind of sounded like. Like a really, really drunk John F. Kennedy cross with a stereotypical news announcer from the twenties. Ah, see that there. Yeah. Cool. A little bit. Little bit. Um, so I'll give Kiev. This is the the saying that my mother is actually named after. Oh, um, nice. My, my mother is kind of a badass. Uh, PhD in cancer research at twenty four in the seventies. Um, socialist activist, etc. But she does not come quite to the level of Olga of Kiev. Um, Now, she's the patron saint of widows and converts, um, but her uh, her real they did what now moments kind of came from uh, quite a while before she converted. Um, So that's a little bit of a a rock and roll pass. So Olga of Kiev was born in uh, what was called the Kievan Rus, I am probably pronouncing that wrong. Um, I, I would not know. Uh, yeah, if there, if there, my, there are uh, any uh, Ukrainian listeners who want to want to take this up with me, uh, please do. It'll give me 
some content put out onto the page <laughs> to keep it active. <laughs> yeah, Please, Ukrainian people, start a historical accuracy flame war with me. I need all the likes and clicks I can get. So, um, this is... Uh, <laughs> I was like, you don't want to mess with Ukrainian nationalists. Uh, <laughs> yes, okay, actually, this is true. This is true. I, I think, think the USSR has taught us this. Think of the media attention. <laughs> All the attention. I need all the attention. Um, so this is, uh, th this was a, a loose federation of tribal states uh, that kind of started in the 10th century AD. Um, and it's kind of where Ukraine, Belarus and parts of Russia are now. So Olga of Kiev was born when? Olga of Kiev was born in around 1890. Uh, she was the descendant of um, the Rangan, uh, which were a bunch of uh, Viking mercenaries that had kind of invaded uh, a couple of generations before. We don't know an awful lot about her early life. Uh, we know that in... Probably when she was about 13, she married uh, Igor I. Um, so Igor I was the son of Rurik, the, the first actual leader of the Kievan Rus, uh, who was quite young when his father died. Uh, a regent ruled for quite a long time, but then good old Igor explodes onto the scene with a reasonably sort of successful but rather costly war with Byzantium which kind of kind of pointless in the end uh, a couple of ships were burned there was a, a favorable treaty um, but you know whatever uh, Igor didn't do very well for very long because uh, he had a whole four years from this guy uh, Igor runs afoul of a tribe called the Drevalians, which I'm also possibly pronouncing wrong. Wow. Come at me, Ukrainian bros. <laughs> anyway, um, so the Igor overtaxes them, basically. Uh, no overtaxation without representation. Wait, what? what? <laughs> Representation, what is this concept? <laughs> uh, in... Uh, in 10th century Ukraine, not very heard of. Um, so this is a tribe that had been, would have seen seen themselves and been, be seen as quite oppressed under this uh, this system. Five old Igor goes and tries to collect some taxes from them. They're not paying up. So uh, his historical accounts differ on whether this guy was just trying to extort some bribes or whether there's this horrendous mix-up where the Drevalians pay, have paid a tax to his envoy already and Igor just didn't get the memo and arrived to collect. What we do know was they were not happy. They were not happy at all and decided to take some action. Um, so, according to Leo the Deacon, uh, a Byzantine historian, Nice Byzantine. By the way, where do you stand on the whole Byzantine thing? Were they Roman? Were they Greek? I think they were just kind of like their own thing. They just went and was like, yeah, we're done with this shit. We're yeah. them handed. We're non, like the, <laughs> the ancient equivalent of non-binary national. We're non-Byzantine. We're NB. We're figuring it out. I think <laughs> they decided they were doing something new. We're a work you know? in progress here. They A work in progress of a country. Something blue. Empire. Something blue? That's not... Uh, if you heard the knock, it was, yeah, oh, okay. it was just okay. me being horrendously uncoordinated and uh, bum, bum, just bum. banging myself off things, as per usual. That exploded onto our onto our mic. <laughs> like your mic. He exploded onto the scene. Hey. Boom! Um, yeah, no, I, I actually knocked over an entire little thing of chewing gum with my head today. The thing of chewing gum. Yeah, uh, in in a in a shop, you know, when you know, in a shop when you're at the counter and they've got the the chewing gum stand sort of thing. I dropped a, a coin, went went to pick it up, and then just kind of went head 
smashed. I, I like to think that that's you following up on your leftist ideals of being fuck you capitalism and your impulse buying marketing. Boom! Take yeah, that, chewing gum. You have no point apart from to be consu- consumed but not consumed. It, it, it's less following up on my ideologies and more on my neurology and my complete lack of spatial awareness and coordination. Um, anyway, my head still kind of hurts, but that's that's beside the point. That's a very long rambling <laughs> bit that I will probably cut out. Um, so according to Leo the Deacon, a Byzantine historian, uh, they had bent down two birch trees to the prince's feet and tied them to his legs. Then they let the trees straighten again, thus tearing the prince's body apart. Wow. Death by tree. Got shafted. Yeah. All the wood-based puns. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many. So much flexibility there. Oh, yeah. Um, I love that. Something, something sapling. (laughs) (laughs) Sapling, crackling. Uh, (laughs) Things are going to go snapling. Uh, Anyways. (laughs) Oh, snapling, really? <laughs> I'm stretching it. I'm reaching. We're going to make this more. Stre- stretching. Are you, are you stretching? Uh, not as much as he was. Not as much as Igor the First was stretched and, and died. And literally had his body torn apart by trees. Um, save the trees or else. Um, so, Olga of Kiev is not happy about this situation. Uh, she's whether she got on well with her husband or not, it's it's not a matter of record. But she was pissed. I mean, I, I you can like understand like you did just tear my husband in two. Yeah, yeah. So like at the fun part of him as well. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, so if if that's that's bad enough, uh, but the Trevelyans have a brainwave, and uh, they decide. That to propose that Olga marry their leader Mal, and apparently thinking that Olga would go, oh yes, I am, I am but a poor woman alone in the world. Please, please take me and keep me safe. <laughs> that is not what happened. Um, so, bit of ba- background. I don't know if I mentioned in this part of the recording, but uh, Olga did have a son called Sviatoslav. Shout out to Sviatoslav. What? Shout out to Sviatoslav, who was a baby at this point. And uh, yeah, yeah, fathers in this family apparently die young. Oh no. Um, But uh, Sviatoslav is basically a toddler at this point, not old enough to rule. So Olga is ruling the entire Kevin Rus as regent. So the Trevelyans think that Basically, you know, um, we're going to get to marry this Olga chick and um, rule rule over this empire. And Olga's not a fan. Olga's not a fan of this idea. Um, now, headstuff.org actually have a pretty good article on this. Um, I'm going to link to it at the end. And, and I'm using it very liberally here, but I'm going to quote directly um, because I just I just adore the way that this is phrased. Olga gave the matter some consideration, then had the messengers buried alive, <laughs> which is just beautiful. And I, I think th- that's a firm no, Ali. When you say there's not a lot of room for interpretation there. I think those messengers got into deep. Uh, <laughs> are, are, are we just going for all the bad puns here? Yeah, I, I just, I, I decided I, we're going to lean into the bad puns. Let's lean into the bad puns. Almost as much as he leaned into those two trees. <laughs> oh, is, is that so much for leaning? The trees were leaning down. I and... guess the trees are leaning. Whatever. I'm reaching for a joke here. Don't fact check my shitty yeah. jokes. <laughs> What, that's what I'm here for. I'm just here to be a major, major buzzkill. Major buzzkill. Salute. Hey, thank you. How I met your mother. I think we have to credit them or get sued. I, I'm pretty sure it's just a childhood t- American thing. So maybe we're, we're stealing maybe. it. It's ours now. I don't know. Um, any Americans as well who want to claim <laughs> that? Just, just, just talk to me, people. Please talk to me on social media. <laughs> Please help me get this out there. I'm desperate for the attention. I'm very lonely. They anyway. are one step away from doing Nazi stuff. Okay? <laughs> 
one step away from doing nasty Absolutely. stuff. Going full alt-right just for the attention. No. No. Why, why, why would I when I could just remain non-binary for the attention? Oh, I suppose, really? yeah. You know, because all trans people are attention-seeking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is this is absolutely why I, I do this. I just I just love, love getting unsolicited questions about my gender, genitals, and general life. Yeah, of course. Naturally. So don't talk to me about that. Talk to me about history and American things and, you know... I don't, I don't know. I don't, is, is any of this going to make it in? Who knows? Let's, Let's see. Let's anyway. find out. Um, so... Uh, burying the messengers alive pr- pretty clear signal uh, but Olga's not gonna stop there oh no um, so she sends her ascent um, with her own messenger um, not sure what she told the Trevelyans about what happened to their messenger you know just kind of just chilling back home decides he liked it a lot didn't want to leave um, so she says sure Absolutely. I'm going to marry this guy. Delighted to do it. But on one con- one condition, I need your most important envoys, your most important noble people um, from these houses to uh, to attend and have the best bridal party ever. I need your, your top guys. Naturally, naturally. Of naturally, course. of course, of course. It's a, it's a royal wedding after all. Yeah. Um, so they agree. Um, they send these uh, higher ups, these nobles, these what's the word I'm looking for here the the next layer of royalty the, yeah, yeah, the aristocracy yeah. the aristocracy um, all all sent to Olga's gaff Olga's <laughs> gaff and they get there it's like oh you know it's been a, a long few days journey um, for you guys you want to freshen up have a nice relaxing bath shows them to what is apparently for Ninth century Ukraine, a very nice bathhouse, and then uh, are we in the ninth or tenth century at this point? Tenth, tenth, yeah, no, we're in the tenth century, mid tenth century, um, and uh, it sets the bathhouse on fire. Classic. Yep. Um. So leaves them literally to stew in their bath. No, <laughs> I don't know if there was any. There was any you heard a chicken at this point. <laughs> you heard a chicken, yeah. Noble I don't know. Wouldn't you have to stuff them with butter to do that? Ah, uh, and, and technically, isn't isn't a Kiev roasted or fried rather than boiled? I mean, boiled human. We can just reach with this. I yeah, don't know. yeah, pulled human. Pulled. No, that was the husband. Okay. <laughs> that was yeah. Okay. Apparently, okay. humans do All taste like pork. In, the, in, this, in this episode, are going to Ali. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. I feel like I'm drunk. I'm, I'm dr- like it's because we got late night. I feel like we're, like this is like got a late night vibe. <laughs> it's just like, I feel like I'm drink. I'm drinking tea, yeah. I, I, which I shouldn't near all this equipment. But yeah. it's my oh oh dangerous dangerous dangerous. Live for car- as you know from my kayaking stories. I'm a risk taker. Oh, absolutely. Good tea. Good tea. Strong tea as well. Not spilling it. No. Black like my soul. Mm. Anyways, I gotta stop with the random interruption, sorry. Like coffee, like I like my man. Find the ground in an airtight bag. Boom. Um, anyway, um, so this is uh, most of the Trevelyan ruling class just gone in a stroke. Um, so do you think she might stop at this point? Do you think she, she's kind of made her point? I mean, I think a normal human being would, but I think... I think a normal human being would stop after having the messenger buried alive. If they would go that far. Yeah, but Olga is metal as fuck. She is metal as fuck. But would would you have a messenger buried alive in those circumstances? Yeah, of course you would, actually. Secret Um, sociopath right here. Yeah, yeah, I probably would as well, to be honest. I I might go as far as the the setting of the bathhouse on fire. They were different times. Yeah. I feel like I'm, if you just go score stars, you're like, you're fucked. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just thinking, I've I've got my most annoying suitors in in, in my (laughs) head. We've all got that one person in our past who just couldn't take the hint. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Just me. <laughs> just me. One, two, three. 
Anyway, n- never mind who I'd murder. Um, moving, moving swiftly, swiftly. <laughs> uh, so you think she might stop at the, this point, but uh, no, because Olga of Kiev is nothing if not unparalleled levels of extra. So she sends word to uh, the capital, Iskorosten, Iskorosten, Iskorosten. I have absolutely no idea. Ukrainians after MJ. <laughs> Let Entire us know. Ukraine. Ukraine. <laughs> Let's put out an open call. <laughs> um, so they're, apparently these guys still aren't wondering where their messengers and nobles have gone. I mean, <laughs> why know? would they? They're being know? held up around the mountain pass. There's a horse jam on the medieval Ukrainian M50. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're, they're uh, apparently still aren't wondering where these people are. But she says, yep, all married now. Great ceremony, sparks flew. Had, had to get that one in there. Bum bum bumps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can't have you all have all the best puns. Um, <laughs> so all married, great ceremony. No one got lit on fire. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> you okay? Yes. Just like just draw from them. <laughs> Thanks for the wedding gifts. Uh, I swear I didn't burn anybody alive. <laughs> Yeah, that that's a gorgeous tiara, absolutely so fantastic, and I swear I don't have your uncle's charred corpse stuffed in my bathhouse. <laughs> I still Thanks love that it was a bathhouse. It was a bathhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no. R- just... Russian baths were apparently a, a big thing even back then. Do you think they beat each other with sticks? Like, like, is that, is that a Scandinavian thing? I think that's a porn you saw. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, there was a Germany, a one world championships back to like, there was one world championships okay. in Germany where the Russian team went off to a spa somewhere and we were like, where do you go? I was like, oh yeah, the German lady beat us with, with like pine needles and we were like branches and we were like, oh, okay, Russia. Okay. Well, so again, Russia is extra. So maybe. Yeah, well, not as extra as all of Kiev. <laughs> um, but yeah, all married, great ceremony, no one on fire. Um, but you know, my poor womanly heart is still broken over my poor Igor's death, and it'd be super sound if you guys could prepare a funeral for him in your capital before I come back and visit with my husband, who again is totally not dead. Um, I mean, I can't well, believe she played the one dead husband. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's one, only one dead husband. I mean, I, I still only one dead husband because th- she never married him. She set set everyone on fire. I mean, I feel like if you reach your thirties in the tenth century, in tenth century uh, Ukraine slash Russia, and you only have one husband, I think you're like kind of winning life right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah true. Yeah, sure. or maybe it was more the other way around, you know, with the whole childbirth death thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving, moving on. Okay, so it'd be it'd be great if you guys could prepare a funeral feast for him. And um, so she then sets off um, to the city with her army, hides her army, and gets the Dravalian army drunk. Um, the entire. Australian army drunk um, pulls out her own army um, and slaughters five thousand of them. Oh, that's that's yeah. like that's tenth century Ukraine. Five thousand people in an army. That's huge. Yeah, that is yeah. some red level red, <laughs> red wedding level of shit. shit. Like, yes. I, I, I also, I do love the fact that when the English did it to the Scottish. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, that you fucking assholes. But now that a woman's done it, yeah. I'm like, I'm so here for her. She's slaughtering the patriarchy. Yeah, I like the way that we've like framed it so that we can get behind mass murder. <laughs> I think if you don't get behind Olga of Kiev, you're in front of Olga of Kiev, and that is not a place you want to be. Yeah, even like... <laughs> <laughs> I pledge my allegiance even to you. <laughs> you know? Even a millennia later, we are with We're, Kiev. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty fucking scared. Got, gotta say. Yeah, imagine Olga's ghost. Ooh, respect, Olga. Okay. Yeah, yeah, probably not haunting Dublin. No. Probably. Oh, she's definitely Crimea fucking some Russians off. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Probably. I, I don't know who's 
side she'd be. Whichever side has all, has all good Kia. It's kind of funny. Maybe she's fucking up everyone. She's like, ah, I'm over all you motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she, um, so yeah, wait, where are we? So she slaughtered all, uh, all 5,000 of them. There's more. What? Yes, there's more. And th- this is the, uh, the point where that I, I feel like she, all of all of Kiev is, is cheated. What now? But here, here's, I think the, the pinnacle moment of this for me. Um, she then heads outside the city gates, um, sends word to the very few higher ups that are left alive. Cause remember, she slaughtered all the most important nobles already. The army is gone. Um, Pr- Prince Mal is a, is a freaking charred corpse somewhere. And so she says that she'll spare them. But for a token gift of three pigeons and three sparrows from each house. Oh, which is fair. Oh, I just got where this is going. Yeah, bird wants birds. You know, it's bird uh... wants birds. <laughs> <laughs> and now a brief musical <laughs> interview. <laughs> so, uh, she then, um, Rigs the birds with sulfur and some other improvised explosives that we believe may have been made from Gueno. So this is exploding birds. Gueno ain't bueno. No, 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 no. This is before the invention of, or discover. It was gunpowder invented or discovered? Uh, accidentally discovered by a Chinese alchemist, I believe. Okay, so possibly gunpowder has been discovered but is not particularly common in this region. And so she rigs these birds <laughs> with explosives, sets them loose, they fly back home and poof, explode. Party goes bye-bye. Party got little feathered death poops. <laughs> tweet, tweet, boom, motherfuckers! <laughs> tweet, tweet, boom. Tweet, tweet, boom. Um, uh, I'm guessing the places where they went boom. Oh, they didn't recover. Um, I have a quote here that the I'm going to actually death. up. Olga's flying death. Olga's flying death. Little feather death poofs. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like we need to start a pop band and call it <laughs> Or a non-binary, I was going to say boy band, but that's not the, like a non- B-O-I? What? B-O-I boy band, maybe? Boy band, yeah, just that boy band, like, Korean pop boy band aesthetic, but a bunch of yeah. non-binary people. I think I could pull it off. And call them, call them Little Better Death. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, I feel if you're, if you're using poof in the term, in the kind of homophobic slur kind of sense, you, you need to be at least a little punk to pull it off. Hmm. But yes, exploding, exploding death birds. Exploding birds are dead. <laughs> tweet, tweet, God, that's my new pun. All, all trans fan front. Um, so this I'm is bad. this is a quote from uh, I may have mentioned this before, the Primary Chronicle, um, which is a, a history of the region written uh, by a monk in twelve the twelfth century. Classic twelfth century. Classic twelfth century. Um. Now, Olga gave to each soldier in her army a pigeon or a sparrow and ordered them to attach by thread to each pigeon and sparrow a piece of sulfur bound with small pieces of cloth. When night fell, Olga bade her soldiers release the pigeons and the sparrows. So the birds flew to their nests, the pigeons to the cots, the sparrows under the eaves, the dovecots, the coops, the porches, and the haymows were set on fire. There was not a house that was not consumed, and it was impossible to extinguish the flames because all the houses caught on fire at once. The people fled from the city, and Olga ordered their, her soldiers to catch them. Thus she took the city and burned it and captured the elders of the city. Some of the other captives that she killed, while some she gave to others as slaves to her followers. The remnant she left to pay tribute. So just keep a couple of people alive to give you some cash. Nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, a, bird, a pigeon shit on me the other day in the street. I thought I was having a bad day. Yeah, but like, could have exploded. Like, not Olga's level. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine all, like, have you seen the size of the art of Dublin seagulls? Ooh, exploding you, seagulls. Explode. You could probably get a hell of a lot of gunpowder up a seagull's arse. Yeah. Let's not dwell on this. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I feel like they would go full kamikaze like, um, themselves if they could. Like, that, that's the kind of I way feel like they're if going. If anyone was paying attention, pay attention! I'd be put on a list for that. Yeah. You know, just radiant terrorist exploding seagulls. Exploding seagulls? <laughs> you and can't it, stop them! <laughs> it's one way of dealing with the seagull problem. That is true. And possibly any other problems that you might have I mean, that need to be at, at this point, exploded. <laughs> at this point, I should probably point out that there isn't actually a seagull problem. It's all yeah. it's all curry. <laughs> it's all curry people trying to make Dublin people sound crazy. It's all what people? Sorry, curry people. That's a pure Healy Rainness thing if I ever Carry people. Have you never seen Oh my god, have you ever seen Carry people? I'm like have you never seen the video You said curry people. I'm from Athlone, I can't <laughs> help it. I have to say in Irish, otherwise I sound like an asshole. Uh Cunty Curie. have you ever seen Cunty Curie indeed. Have you ever seen the video of the farmer from the Dingle Peninsula? No. Who's who or is it a bit where he accuses his sea, accuses two seagulls of eating his lamb? I believe it. I I don't I I I don't believe the seagulls are, are are as evil as people think. I what did you live in Dublin in twenty fourteen? I did not. Okay, in twenty fourteen, um, a couple of things happened. I had a nervous breakdown. It, which was almost entirely unrelated to the seagull problem. Only, only almost. <laughs> they were flying around at night. I could not sleep a wink. Um, but there was also a bin strike. Bin strike. And a heat wave. It's the seagull, a seagull apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Full on birds. Bee birds. Very, very Hitchcockian. Yeah, flying around at all hours of the night. Like I, I lived on Usher's uh, Key at the time, and I remember opening my balcony door to about twelve of them just looking at me, oh, staring with their beady little seagull eyes. So yeah, things yeah. we learned today. Th- things we've learned today. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, flat-hulled boats apparently a very big deal. Yeah, very big deal. Um, very big deal. Um, yeah, seagulls are scary. Seagulls are scary, but not as scary as Olga of Kiev. Olga Kiev is an extra badass bitch. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Birds and boats are a big deal. Aerial warfare in uh, Eastern Europe. Longer history than you might possibly think. Wow. Yep. So, Ali, is there anything you want to plug? Um, You can, if you like listening to me talk shit, uh, you can find me. Hey, why not? Uh, you (laughs) You can find me at Post Performance Pints. It's a podcast we do uh, monthly from Jester's Comedy Club in Chennai, uh, where we have comedians come on, do a show, and then talk shit about that show afterwards. Yep. Also, keep an eye out at this stage when this comes out. Uh, I should have this a new. Will be sh- random. Yeah, whenever this comes out, I should have. Uh, I should have. There should be an announcement made about our new comedy night, Token Straight, which is Ooh. a monthly queer comedy club. Yay! With the twist being, we have one token straight guy who can get voted off by the audience. Ooh, who wouldn't want to vote off a token straight guy? <laughs> uh, also, keep an eye out. I should have some new t-shirts out. So, like girl dick energy t-shirts and the like. I've seen them. They are very, very cool. Cool. So keep an eye out. Find me at Howdy Work Comedian on Instagram and Facebook. Cool. We will have li- links to your uh, uh, your profiles and such in the show notes. Um, also, yeah, Tweet Tweet Boom. Tweet Tweet Boom. Might be coming soon. I, I really feel like you need Tweet Tweet Boom <laughs> tweet, t-shirts. Tweet Boom. Or Exploding Feather View Puff. <laughs> <laughs> Exploding Feather View Puff. Boom. Anyway. Um, my social media details will also be in the show notes if forever, for whatever reason you would like to to follow me there, or if you're if you're a Ukrainian who's got some some things you would like to educate me on. Okay, I thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Okay, talk to you next time. Bye.